This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Let's reopen an issue that I know a lot of folks have very strong opinions on. Every time this comes up, uh, people got a lot to say about it. That's autonomous vehicles. Look, they're coming, okay? Uh, I think there's some people maybe still in denial about this. So Yeah, sure, Rob. They said flying cars were coming too. I'm not going to hold my breath. Well, this is different, all right? And the technology in many ways is there. We could get our friend Angela Kokod to come in. She was just recently behind the wheel of an autonomous vehicle driving around the streets of Calgary. So the technology, I mean, we're on the cusp of this being widely available. And there are a lot of big companies pouring a lot of money into this. So I don't think there's any, any going back here, right? There's no putting the horse back in that barn. So, sure, there are questions we need to iron out about how this is all going to be regulated, right? And obviously, we need to make sure that the technology is ready. And there are probably still some things we need to, to iron out with regard to the technology and how it performs in real-life city street driving around conditions. Obviously, in a country like ours, you also got to look at how they perform in Canadian weather because we get a lot of interesting weather. But the idea has been proposed that for all of those reasons, maybe it would make sense for Calgary to be one of these testing grounds for this technology. Like in uh, Phoenix, for example, there's been um, an ongoing pilot project there that is about to be expanded. This involves, I believe, Waymo, which is Google's company. Uh, so they're going to expand this even further in Phoenix, this, this test pro- program there. And again, I mean, it's about getting people used to that technology and seeing how the technology responds in real-world situations. And by all accounts, it's gone pretty good so far. Are people ready for this on the streets of Calgary? And how is it to Calgary's advantage? Might this also attract some tech jobs, for example, to our city? Joining us for some thoughts, Evan Woolley joins us, City Councilor Ward 8. Evan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I appreciate you joining us here. So, so how did this first come up? Um, so a couple of, uh, uh, well, I guess longer than a couple of months ago, uh, uh, last fall, uh, Councillor Peter DeMong and I uh, brought forward a notice of motion to kind of look at what is the future of transportation? Uh, what does that mean for Calgary? Uh, you know, what, we've seen the, these rapid, um, rapid advancements in technology, particularly in transportation. Uh, that really has the potential to to have a big impact on cities, and so uh, the the administration came back with kind of taking a high level look at a whole bunch of things. You know, we've seen uh, companies like Uber, uh, Car to Go, um, all sorts of different transportation mobility uh, technologies uh, for our apps on our phones and the like. And so, what does this all mean for Calgary? And I think the next step that we're taking here is. What do autonomous vehicles look like on our streets, and, and, and how might we be able to do that in a safe way? Well, I, I think that's what everyone wants. I mean, we want this to be safe. If we're going to start to adopt this technology, we, I think we need to make sure that it is, is safe technology. So does it make sense, then, to, to bring this technology here and allow it to, to use the streets of Calgary to test itself out? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Councillor DeMong and I, just a few weeks back, we actually went to Chinook Center, uh, where they have the Tesla uh, some of the Tesla cars, and we went on a went on a ride, and I I drove hands free down Glenmore Trail and tr- changed lanes by uh, pushing a button, and uh, uh, it's a pretty pretty interesting experience if anybody gets the chance to do it. But um, this is something that's moving along quickly, and so I mean, if this is something that's coming to cities, uh, uh, anyways. What is the opportunities in Calgary for us to actually create some economy out of this and to kind of lead lead the way on some of these piece uh, pieces of work? 
Well, I guess one of the concerns, though, is that, you know, cities like Toronto kind of have a head start on us. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Not a, not a lot of cities in Toronto, they're doing some very specific, ge- uh, like, geography testing. So we're actually looking at doing a test um, at the Science Centre, between the Science Centre and the zoo. And so that's like a closed-circuit site. Right. Uh, one of the things that, again, these companies have been asking for is how uh, and when could we start to, to test this um, more broadly across the city? And Calgary is actually really well positioned. We've talked to a lot of companies. Calgary has a diversity of road networks, right, from avenues and streets, north and south, east and west, to cul-de-sacs, to all sorts of different um, uh, topography. Mm-hmm. And so we are actually, uh, people have looked at us with, uh, with uh, wide eyes, hoping that we might be willing to look at something like this. All right, so I guess the next step here, this is going to come up next week. So there's a proposal, a specific proposal, involves Calgary Economic Development. Explain that. Yeah, so basically what we're asking them to do is is to to partner with Calgary Economic Development to look at a business case, right? Maybe there's some things that just make this uh, a deal breaker, right? A lot of people have talked about our weather. Maybe that's not possible, but... Maybe just because of our weather, uh, it might make it more possible. So to actually look at what are, what are some deal breakers, what are some real opportunities to basically build a business case um, and then to take that work, come back to us. Uh, remember that, uh, that a lot of this has to do with, aleg- with provincial legislation, right? And this is a- across North America. The biggest challenge that we have is that regulatory challenge. Um, that we see at the state level and provincial level, and um, I think if there is uh, if there is a possibility of us uh, building a business case really around a lot of job creation, uh, again, not just for for tech for techies, but for uh, all sorts of different jobs in terms of manufacturing or whatever, um, this 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 could this could really work. It could, yeah. So the province would have to basically sign off on this then. Yeah, I mean, how do we, how do we, how do we really like the Tesla cars are only? I think it's considered stage two autonomous, meaning you know there's there's there, there's only a very limited amount of autonomy that they have. But if we really wanted to look at fully autonomous vehicles operating uh, with you know our regular drivers, as I call myself, um, what what would the what would the what would the risks what would the opportunities be for us to to be able to do that? And what is the legislation that we need to make that happen? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We got to figure that out at some point. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it was. Yeah. And again, on this drive, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty surreal when you're when you're uh, when you take your hands and, and feet off of when you take your feet off the pedals and your hands off the car and it uh, it uh, it does the work for you. It's 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 definitely something that we're going to have to work on getting used to. But again, this is something that is is has worked. Uh, very well is being tested, and again, like you said at the intro of your uh, of your of our chat here, is companies are investing billions and billions of dollars in this. And from my perspective, this is probably happening uh, sooner than a lot of people think. Yeah, I think it is. Now, I mean, Uber is one company, as you mentioned. They've obviously got a foot in the door. They got a presence here in Calgary. That might seem like a logical one to get companies like Waymo, which obviously you know stems from Google, to get those companies uh, establishing a presence in Calgary. I mean, that that could potentially be huge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've already sat down. There's a number of people already working at this in in town. I mean, from small engineering companies uh, to different tech companies, Harman, uh, Magna International. We've we've been we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes to have conversations with uh, a lot of these companies of what this might look like. And then you look at again all of the big uh, five automakers are investing heavily in this. And so, if there's some opportunity for us to 
to uh, to compete uh, for some of these you know jobs across North America. I think we should definitely uh, definitely be smart about that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with this uh, motion next week. Councillor Willie, thanks for making some time for us here. Appreciate thanks it. A lot for the, thanks a lot for the time. All right. Take care. That's uh, City Councillor Evan Woolley represents Ward 8. Uh, so one of the uh, signatories, if you will, to this uh, motion that will go before City Council next week. So basically, it's a proposal uh, to collaborate with Calgary Ec- Economic Development. Yeah, look at the merits of testing autonomous vehicles on Calgary's roadway. If we like the idea, if we find that there's merit to the idea, we'd go to the province. So you need to basically unlock this for us to change legislation so that these vehicles could legally drive on city streets. Although he mentioned, I'd be curious, though, there are these vehicles that can switch to autonomous mode. Right. And Angela Cocott, my colleague here, was behind the wheel of one of these just recently. Evan Woolley mentioned uh, he was as well. So I'm not sure how the current legislation applies to that. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to get people used to the idea, to provide another opportunity to test this technology. Uh, And why not? I mean, you're talking about some pretty big companies. If you can find a way to get them interested in your city, maybe there's some some benefit from that. But I do think people are still apprehensive about all of this. And maybe there's some resistance for that reason. We don't want these weirdo robot cars on our streets. No thanks. An interesting text here from Steve says, Rob, 100 years ago, many people were very scared of the horseless carriage. They have to wonder if society has moved even one inch, given our attitudes toward the driverless car. Perhaps, or rather probably, same people who said they would never eat anything that came out of a microwave oven, but now think nothing of it. Yeah, well, you're probably right. People take some time to, to get used to this, this kind of stuff, no doubt about it. 403-974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. All right, welcome back. There's a quote from uh, Councillor Richard Poopmans in the Herald where, you know, he's pointing at the obvious here, not to be a Debbie Downer, but uh, he says we might be a bit late. Ontario has been at this for about a year and a half. About 18 U.S. states are doing this as well. So, yeah, I mean, that, that gives you an idea, though, where things are at. Is there's a lot of different jurisdictions where they're well ahead of us when it comes to experimenting with this, testing this technology on the roads, getting a better understanding of you know, what's needed, how this all works. And look, by all accounts, it's gone very, very well. The technology, even where it's at right now, is impressive. So there are these vehicles, as mentioned, that Angela's been in, uh, Councillor Woolley's been in, where basically you still can take the wheel, you can still drive it, but basically you can switch into autonomous mode and sit back and, and the vehicle takes over. So, I mean, it's out there. It's there. You can go ride in one of these right now if you want. So I got a text from somebody who says the technology isn't ready. Just because people want them doesn't mean the technology is ready, right? But I guess that depends on how you define ready. Because to some extent, it already is. There's a lot we need to iron out still. How's it going to change insurance? How's it going to change liability? Right? Let's start thinking about that. Uh, how's it going to adjust to changing weather conditions? Uh, does this technology become less effective in the winter? Canadians still got to get where they're going in the winter. And if the new fangled stuff doesn't work, then we're just going to stick with the old fangled stuff because uh, more or less it works for the most part. So we'll see. Anyway, look, I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about this technology I mean, I'm, I'm approaching with an open mind. I, I admit 
first time I get behind the wheel of a, an autonomous vehicle or in an autonomous vehicle, it's going to seem really weird. And I think we're all going to be leery. I think you'd be kidding yourself if you weren't a little apprehensive about getting in one of these things because that's a very odd sensation to be sitting there and realizing that it's the vehicle that's doing the driving, not you. So, yeah, the question is, I mean, what role do uh, politicians have to play at this point? I mean, the private sector is driving this, right? Industry is driving this. They, they realize where the technology is going, where the money's going, where just everything's going. At least that's the assumption. Maybe it won't quite play out to, to the extent that they believe it will, but there's a reason why Uber is so heavy into this. They think like a lot of other sectors of the economy, the, the shift is going to be away from ownership and to that renting model. You don't buy music, you rent music. You don't buy movies, you stream movies, etc. Now, music and movies are obviously different than vehicles. But it's, I mean, it's the same kind of premise. Why do you need to own a car if you don't have to? And I think that the incentive might be, we talked about this report on the program, I think about a month ago, that consumers have the potential to save thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars in your pocket each year as a result of this technology. Now, that's still hypothetical. We'll see if that plays out. But that's a pretty compelling argument to a lot of people. It's like, well, okay, I mean, I, I like owning a car. I see advantages to owning a car. Sell me on the advantages of not owning a car. Sell me on the advantages of having an app to hail a vehicle, an autonomous vehicle to drive me where I need to go. Why, why would I want to do that? Well, here's one arena. One reason, you'll save thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. Well, people would be impressed by that, I think. That if technology gets to where it's supposedly going, uh, you know, what might be a, a $20 taxi or Uber ride now could be potentially uh, only a few dollars. Or even less, this re- report suggested, depending what kind of advertising components these, these companies incorporate. But think about that. I mean, obviously, you're taking the driver out of the equation. That's saving money right there. Uh, and then just in terms of the efficiency of these vehicles and where that technology is going, it's very it's going to be very cheap for these to be driving all over the place. So it may come down to that for people, just a question of dollars and cents. But it's going to have ramifications. It's going to have ramifications, right? Because it's going to displace a lot of people. A lot of people we need right now to drive vehicles. 10, 20, 30 years from now. This is going to play out in the long term, I think, in terms of cab drivers, truck drivers, bus drivers, etc. A lot of people do those jobs. If we don't need them anymore, sure, we save money. And in the process, do we spend money elsewhere? Do we create new jobs in the process? So it's going to be an adjustment period, for sure. Anyway, 403-974-TALK, if you want to weigh in. Uh, Pat on the text says, what is the point of an autonomous car? We have to watch what is happening and be ready to take over. You know, and I kind of get that. If you're behind the wheel, if, the, you know, if you're in the driver's seat, the steering wheel's right in front of you, at that point, you may as well drive, I guess, because otherwise you're just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> so I kind of get that sentiment. I envision, you know, the several steps down the road where you don't have to worry about the road. You can worry about other things. You can do work in the vehicle. You can read a book in the vehicle. Whatever.
But yeah, I, I get it right now with some of these vehicles. What's the point of switching over? Unless you're, I don't know, exhausted or drunk or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I understand where he's coming from on that. Another one here says, I look forward to those cars. They may actually drive, you know, in a predictable way. Which, yeah, I, I mean, look, it gets back to the bigger issue here. We're going to save lives, too, by making this switch. A lot of people die every year on the roads. And a lot of that is human error. So, sure, saving money is a compelling argument. But I think at the same time, too, when you look at the death toll, which, by the way, has come down considerably... As a result of technology, I think we should add, fewer people are dying on the roads. Even, you know, with the, the dr- distracted driving epidemic, still, we look back 20, 30, 40 years ago, fewer people are dying on the roads. Especially if you look at it on a per thousand miles driven basis, it's way down. But still, it's thousands of people a year. If this technology can save lives, that's pretty compelling, too. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, hey. Again, I think the thing, the bigger technology was always this kind of thing that it would it would allow people to to have menial tasks taken care of. So auto braking, now even parallel parking. But a lot of technology now is moving into a level of a, of more of the upper level competence that it's actually taking away jobs that required a higher level of competence that it, that, that the human being almost needed to be there, like an auto driving car. It, it, it's take it, it. Where does it? So, what are you going to do with those people? I, it, I think we. I think as as a, as, a, as a society, we better start preparing ourselves. I mean, I've talked to you about this before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, this. This is like where's Nashi Spenji going to get all his money for, with? There's no multinova. You well, know, like <laughs> there, there's a huge flow of cash that's going to. Like, how does it? You know, all the 16 year old boys that are charged five times more than anybody else because only five percent of them have accents. Now they're not going to have accents. So, well, the insurance companies are going to. The, the flow of cash on this thing. There's no increase. And you're right. They're going to save thousands of dollars. Well, there's no need to get a wage increase. Well, I don't know about the that. Econ- I don't know what. Well, the economic. We're already seeing no wage increase, Rob. Wages wages haven't really gone up over the last 10 years for the for the middle class. Well, like there's, I, the, the only reason they're able to afford more is because interest rates are low. Okay, but that seems like a separate issue to me. Well, I, I don't see the connection it, here. It's kind of connected. Like I say, the whole thing is, is that where is it going? Is like, it, it, like you say, we're going to save thousands of dollars. Well, if we're going to save thousands of dollars, then we don't need to be making more money. So, like, so if we're not, no, not going to be needing to make more money, where are we going to employ these people? Because there's not going to be any menial jobs left. Well, it's, look, I mean, it, the economy goes through this. Right, Jim? I mean, there, there are cycles. There are jobs that existed yeah, 20 or 30 years ago there was, there was that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, in, yeah. even more recently. And then there are a lot of jobs that exist today that didn't exist 20, 30, 40 years ago. So we don't really know what jobs the economy of tomorrow is going to create. We don't really know what it is that people are going to want to do or be able to do with more disposable income. And, because, I, appreci- and I appreciate right? that point, Rob. The, pro- the point is, is how are we going to train? So we've got a 45-year-old truck driver that's all he's been doing, and his job could evaporate within two years. Well, yeah, and I don't know the answer, Jim, I, but I mean, we better figure it out. Yeah, you, you almost seem of, to be yeah. suggesting that maybe we hold off on the technology until we do. There's I don't, no I don't think that's the, an option anymore. No, well, yeah, there's well, no exactly. stopping the technology. But the problem is our governments aren't, aren't, aren't addressing or looking into the future to say, what are we going to do with these people? Well, that's but why, I mean, I don't their, know the government answer, has the answer either. Government well, doesn't answer, always have the answer. Their answer is, you know what, let's tax the people and give everybody a base wage right off, right, uh, let's give them all $1,500. That's their answer. 
minimum, some sort of minimum income. That, that's their answer. Well, maybe. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Jim, I appreciate the phone call. And I think, you're, you know, you're right because the question's worth asking. And the problem is I don't know that we can answer it right now. And I don't know the government has a ready answer. But he's, you know, Jim's right. It's coming. Although this is from Terry, I guess we'll, maybe I should mark his words. He says, mark my words, Rob. This will be a historic failed experiment. All right, Terry. We'll come back to that in 20 years and see. Anyway, we got a break for the bottom of the hour. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.